Welcome to the Citizens Report for the 16th of April 2021. I'm Elisa Barwick. Joining me today is Citizens Party Research Director Robert Barwick. Welcome. Thanks, Elisa. And on today's show, political earthquake. Christine Holgate goes to Canberra. So we will be having a bit of fun with this one today. We're going to be talking about the hearings of the Australia Post inquiry held on Tuesday by the Senate Environment and Communications References Committee. Elisa, this is a very good story we're going to cover and it's an accomplishment that our party, this show, helped to achieve pretty much single-handedly at the beginning, right, um, uh, with some honourable mentions to people like Bob Catter. But now everybody, it's changed the country. I, I, I expect most viewers will understand that. So we want to talk about how the positive of it, except we have to start with something very, very uh, sober, which is that we're led by a gang of gangsters um, in the Prime Minister and the ministers around him. And despite the shocking, most shocking part of Christine Holgate's testimony being how this treatment she received, the bullying she received from the Prime Minister on down, actually drove her to contemplate suicide, the public would be aware that Scott Morrison is, has no intention of apologising to her. That's bad enough, but we have now um, are, are aware that instead there's a vicious counter-attack underway um, to uh, target her more at a personal level. Um, there are hit jobs being prepared in the media for this weekend. So if you're watching this on the weekend or after the weekend, you may already be aware of this. Um, uh, former employees of Australia Post are being uh, uh, contacted to see if they would be prepared to say that they were bullied by Christine Holgate. Um, and given how riddled Australia Post is with political hacks, I can imagine they might be able to find one or two that would be prepared to say that. Unfortunately, this is, this is the, the dirty, dishonest side of politics. Um, uh, the message that journos are receiving from the Prime Minister's office is she'll never work in this town again, this town, this country, whatever uh, kind of thing. This is vicious, this is nasty, this is a continuation of the personal bullying. Now, this is the way the Prime Minister and the Liberal Party or the Labor Party would treat a political opponent Right, because that is the dirty side of politics, which we hate. It's why we're not one of the. It's why we're in the Citizens Party. We're not in one of the major parties, um, but she's not a politician, right? She's just a, a very good CEO who did a very good job, and then she took three years to do it as a as a public service for Australia in post, the post office. And this is the treatment she's receiving. This is unconscionable. Um, we're going to ask everybody to call the Prime Minister's office. We'll put the number below. Call the Prime Minister's office and demand he back off. Mm. Demand he apologise. Demand he reinstate Christine Holgate. And if he doesn't get it, he can go. What will happen is enough people around him will realise, oh my God, this has changed dramatically for us. We better get rid of him mm -hmm. or else he'll bring us all down. I mean, he's doing this from a position of weakness because what was unleashed this week, as we've said in the headline, is a complete political earthquake. His own Liberal Party, politicians from all sides, the media, everyone is piling onto him and he's actually desperate. Um, exactly. So and and, and we, we, we get passionate about all aspects of this, including what it means personally for Christine Holgate, because you feel for that. But ultimately, this is a policy battle. This gang in the Liberal Party tried to destroy our post office and she stopped it. 
right? Their ideology, their corporate fascism, they tried to destroy our post office and she stopped it. And that's what came out of the hearing. Yeah, yeah. So she said in the hearing that she was forced to resign by the Prime Minister, to make it clear. She said, I was illegally stepped down, I believe, by the Prime Minister. Now, the direction came from the Communications Minister, Paul Fletcher, to the Chairman of Australia Post. He took it to the board. He, they told her to stand aside with a thinly veiled threat. Uh, he said in the hearing, Dee Bartolomeo, that if she did not do that, consequences would follow. Those were his words. Yep. But she refused. So ScoMo let rip in Parliament and said she can go. Can I just correct the record? Everyone knows what we've reported on this show uniquely from the beginning. And I always, from the beginning, I said this was fake outrage. I now know it wasn't. He was genuinely angry that she defied him. Mm. Mm -hmm. He lost his temper because she defied him. Yeah. Now, they aren't meant to do it this way. There can't be a directive put no. that way. They have to actually, as the former New South Wales Auditor General, Tony Harris, has just weighed in with, um, they can issue a directive, but that it is necessary in the public, if it is necessary in the public interest, but it must be in writing and tabled in both parliamentary chambers. So... Uh, they have not followed procedure here. And, of course, Morrison's reaction to what has come out of this has been absolutely disgusting. Not, a, not only no apology, but as you've elaborated, um, they're, no, they're going to push in. her they're even further. Um, now, I want to play some clips from the hearings. I'm going to start with um, Hol uh, the concluding section of Holgate's introductory remarks where she put sections, she announced she put sections of the secretive BCG report talking about proposed privatisations and cutting of services of Australia Post under parliamentary privilege on the table in the hearings. The third submission gives clarity on the secret BCG review. A review the chair, the executive team and I was extensively involved with. A review which, if the government had supported, would have ravaged jobs and services Australia Post offers. I objected rigorously to the BCG recommendations, and I still do. It is completely the wrong strategy for Australia Post, to its customers, to the teams, and to the communities. I believe Australia Post can have a strong future if it's allowed to grow and interference is minimised. The recent results of Australia Post evident that we were on course for securing this. I urge the Senators to ensure our national treasure Australia Post is protected, that lying and bullying is stopped and those who've perpetuated it are held to account. So that makes clear at the outset that her intervention on this critical report on what would strip Australia Post was a key factor in this whole proceeding. Now after this break I'm going to come and follow up with that with Senator Kim Carr's intervention, putting some of the contents of that report on the table. Welcome back to the Citizens Report where we're discussing the political earthquake unleashed by Christine Holgate going to Canberra. And Elisa, what we're about, we played before the break, the issue is that was blown wide open is the privatisation agenda. All the serious media have picked up on it. And it is the story. It, the, it's not just about what... Well, it's nothing to do with watches. This whole, whole reason we're here has zero to do with watches. Yeah, now we're going to play a clip, clip that follows through on the contents of this BCG report, some of which was able to be tabled in this hearing. Now, this is Senator, uh, ALP Senator Kim Carr, who summarised um, prior to this 
clip coming in, the implications of the BCG review, as many as 8,000 job cuts, 190 post office closures, reductions in delivery standards and changes to service obligations. And you'll see Holgate's response and then Senator Bridget McKenzie, a national senator, coming in uh, to lay out the further implications of that change. Senator, I actually think the implications are worse than what you think, if you don't mind. Please. It talks about 190 post offices to close. You see, there are 4,327 post offices or postal points. Of those, approximately 725 of them are what we would call um, Australia Post own them. They're predominantly metro, so the hundred and something you are referring to are the ones that Australia Post own. Yes. Then, if you step back from that, there are approximately 3,600 which belong to mum and dads, just like Angela. Mm -hmm. People who, on average, invest a million dollars to take a post office licence. They can't force their closure so easily. But if they take away their services, those people will go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the reason why the post offices have campaigned so passionately behind me is because they know it's not just about Bank at Post. It's about them remaining viable and being able to pay their debts. Mm -hmm. So those numbers are not inside this submission. Because if the government makes arbitrary decisions that impact the community post offices, they do not have to deal with the debt the mum and dads do. Well, i put it to you, perhaps the real reason for your treatment, on top of what you've already said, the substantive political reason, is because you opposed this program of cutting and privatisation. Is there not some substance to that concern? I think it would be fair to say, Senator, I wasn't popular. You're right, not just for the taxpayer with the $70 million dividends, not just um, for the financial sustainability of our LPO network, but for rural and regional Australians to actually be able to do their banking in their local community. Uh, it's transformative. So I, I think people that can head down the bank on a tram or a train um, take it for granted, uh, those of us that have seen bank closures across the regions for decades. Um, this was very transformative at a very local level too. Senator I McKenzie. wanted to just go... Oh, sorry. 55% yep. of communities of Australia no longer have a bank. This, this particular service lost $48 million in the year prior and uh, before CBA committed to actually work with us. And uh, Mark Corder from Cordamantha actually attended meetings with the banks to evidence that that loss was real. So mm. we were in face of closing the service and this transaction saved that service, brought that important investment into the post offices and very importantly, it enabled the post offices to have a new technology platform They'd had none in 30 years. None. So, I mean, I don't think that's staggering that we were actually letting them operate on such an old system. 
what that captures, Elisa, is these, these politicians were actually all over it. You've got to understand that outside of a core in the Liberal Party of real hardcore neoliberal ideologues, and some of that is in the Labor Party actually, but, but not as much, because neoliberalism is receding as an ideology, right? There is a hatred at the idea of privatisation, but of course, um, there's an element where the privatisation is even driven less by ideology. The ideology is, oh, governments can't do things properly, got to do the private sector. No, this is just letting private predators sink their fangs into our public assets. That's, that's not even ideological. Um, so a lot of people hate that. But of course, this gang would be pushing ahead with that anyway. So now it's been laid bare, right? And everyone's all over it. Like I said, all serious media are covering it. One of the best things I saw was um, Ross Greenwood interviewed on Sky News, uh, the minister, Paul Fletcher. And he did a 14-minute interview on the whole, you know, he was answering the Christine's charges, at every part of it, all the personal stuff. And he was, and he was pretty vicious and he was just, um, it was just shooting her down, bang, no, 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 no. And most things he said were lies and I could prove it. And in fact, I'm going to do a video proving it's lies. Um, but then he was asked about privatisation and in that vein he said, no, we're not going to privatise. Well, you were, but now you, you're, um, you've got to cover up that you, you won't. But then Ross Greenwood zeroed in on this. He said, yeah, but not the, not the whole business. What about the parcels business? Because the parcels business is the profitable part, right? The letters was losing money. And then he equivocates. He goes, that's not our intention. It was a really political answer, right? They probably had a, lot, a buyer lined up, Elisa. And yeah. now the whole thing is laid bare. I mean, as if we would believe, oh, we would never privatise oh. anything. <laughs> Who us? What a shocking allegation. Who us? <laughs> exactly. Um, so this is a complete schmozzle, um, but it, we have potential here to really shift things on the economic agenda. Now, we'll take another break, and after this, we're going to show some of the interviews that Christine Holgate did after this all blew up. Welcome back to the Citizens Report where we're discussing the political earthquake in Canberra this week when Christine Holgate hit town. Now we're going to show that she did a number of extraordinary interviews which are all worth watching in their own right. 7.30 interview with Laura Tingle, um, Sunrise interview uh, and numerous others. We want to show a couple of clips from Sky News interview that she did with Peter Credlin who it turns out is the child She's of... She's the daughter of licensed post office operators. Yeah, so she had actually an excellent insight into it and the whole thing's worth watching. And can I say it's extraordinary because I would have pegged Peter Credlin for being one of these um, ideological liberals. But of course what happens is you can have ideology and all that stuff, but when your own experience you know, connects you to the real world or one aspect of the real world, you know the truth of it. Right, so you know, she's a formidable woman, Peter Credlin, and because she knows this to be true, she was all over this. Mm. And I think, um, any sense the Liberals might have snuck through a privatization or a partial mm -hmm. one, it's yeah. over now. What's this? And in fact, this first clip shows how Christine Holgate really screwed up those privatization plans by making Australia Post profitable. This BCG, the secret review that took place. It basically said I was being too optimistic, believing that our business could grow. I'm very pleased to tell you, Peter, we have overachieved our targets every year I was there. And we just delivered incredible half-year financial results, the highest ever re revenue growth the company's had in its history. So I think that's strong evidence that we can grow. 
Um, but the BCG report basically said it's too optimistic, too risky, and it has four options, and they go through really simply, and they talk about cuts, 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 cuts. And I said, no, that's not what I believe is right for our business. It's not what I believe is right for our country. And I tell you what really worries me, Peter, is that there are many small businesses that were totally frustrated post. So whether it's our licensed community post offices or our delivery contractors. And when the government make decisions like this, well, if they take away a whole load of services and those post offices no longer make a profit because of that, well, the million dollars of debt that they take on to have a post office, who pays that? It's not the government. Those mum and dad businesses are left with that debt. And I stood up and fought against that. I passionately believe this business can grow. And in this next clip, she's really scathing on Paul Fletcher's hypocrisy, you know, about um, public accountability of where money is spent. Rural and regional Australia, they depend so much on Australia Post that actually, if we start to cut these services, it would be crippling to those communities, just crippling. And it would be crippling to the post offices and to the 100,000 people who actually are employed via Australia Post. About, you know, nearly 40,000 directly, another 40,000 indirectly through post offices and delivery contractors, about another 20,000 when their work is primarily for Australia Post. So, so Christine Holgate, let me just know, jump I in there. So for, forget the watch, Christine, forget the watches. Mm. How much of this was about mm. plans to privatise part of the Australia Post business? How much, is, how much of your well, departure related to that and, and not these Cartier watches? Mm. Well, Peter, here's an interesting reflection for you. I don't know the answer to that, but here's an interesting reflection. You know, I think we heard today Minister Fletcher say this is about the proper use of taxpayers' money. That was a very interesting comment from him because he spent $1.38 million on that report, and it's secret. Why is it secret, Peter? This is our national asset. It's actually not owned by the government. It's owned by the people of Australia. The government is the shareholder who's supposed to look after this asset for the people of Australia. It's people of Australia's. They've paid for that report. Let them see it. Now, Alyssa, Angela Cramp from the Licensed Post Office Group was interviewed by the Today Show the following morning, and I loved this interview. I want to play this clip of it because... The, today, the, the LPOs are taking no prisoners here. They will not tolerate people saying this is about the watches. And watch how she comes across in this clip. Angela, there, there are many who believe her removal was politically motivated. Um, I mean, Scott Morrison, as we know, he came out so hard at the beginning. There was an investigation which proved that she did not do anything wrong. Why do you think Scott Morrison is yet to pick up the phone and apologise? Um... I'm not sure I can answer that on air. Like, I, I can't. I have no idea why he has not handled this much better. But I can tell you, if those executives go back and get the bank at post contracts re-signed, licensees will take $7.50 out of their wallets and buy the second round of Cartier watches. Unless ah. Cartier wants to give us the watches themselves, <laughs> they have certainly done well out of this.
Haven't but they? that's Have the we? reality of this situation. This is seven dollars fifty per licensed post office. Okay, but and you would you would concede though two hundred. You would concede, though, that the optics around Cartier, the optics around bonuses, that all no, wasn't great. No, I'm sorry. I, yeah? No, I do not concede that. These people bought in $220 million increased revenue. You go down to the pub and you say to anyone in the pub, I'll give you a Cartier watch if you go and get me $220 million for my business. How many people yeah. in the pub do you think will be killing themselves to get that? <laughs> like, really, it's so insignificant. It's embarrassing. It's nothing right. to do with Cartier watches. Angela, good to talk to There's you. There's a um, hidden you are, agenda. You, 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 are, you are to be congratulated on this campaign. Um, she's credited you with campaigning and making this inquiry possible. You're a strong woman. We loved having you on our program and we'll talk to you soon because obviously there's going to be a lot of stuff that still needs to be sorted out with Australia Post and you're right on them and we love it. Good on you. Thank you. Thanks, Angela. So I hope people see why I like that. I mean, these people, they are the biggest investors in Australia Post. They represent $3 billion. But you see at the end there, Angela also got in that there's a hidden agenda. And of course, so the question is, if it's not about the watches, why were they raised? And the woman that we have identified on this show as having raised the watches from the beginning, Kimberly Kitching, Labor Senator, she turned up for the hearing because she's on this committee. She was in white, Elisa. She's trying to blend in so people forget that mm. she was the one who got all this started, right? And now everyone's wondering more than ever, where was she coming from? To prove, though, she's now pretending to be supportive of Christine Holgate. To prove that she's not, really, to prove how angry she is, how this has turned around, she chose, in the, at the end of her questions in the hearing, to single out yours truly, me. <laughs> so what's the clip, and then we'll talk about it. I did have one more question just in relation to Mr Robbie Barwick, um, whom you thank in your, state, in your first submission. Um, Mr Barwick is associated with the Citizens Electoral Party, formerly the Citizens Electoral Council, and very much associated with the LaRoucheite movement. Um, the LaRoucheite movement is highly anti-Semitic um, and also uh, has um, conspiracy theories around banking and who runs banking, so you can imagine how that fits with anti-Semitism. Um, do you feel, have, how much support has Mr Barwick given you? I've had support from every political party and I don't know anything about the Citizens Party. I'm going to be honest with you, Senator Kitchen, I've never even heard of them before. Well, Mr Barwick is associated with them. You made it to the big time. I've made it to the big time. Lisa, she, did, she made my day, but not because, you know, I get the, the uh, glory, because um, that's, that's not what she intended, but it kind of felt that way because I know how much that proves how much success we've had, right? And she is grinding her teeth over it. Um, now, we're not even going to deal with the allegation of anti-Semitism. It is absolute garbage. She, know, she actually knows it's garbage by the way, and, and this is just a smear, trying to use it as a smear. Um, uh, people who watch our show, watch, get, get, our, get on our website. People who know the Citizens Party know we're never like that. We never have been like that, never will be like that. Um, uh, you know, we don't buy into the, all the Rothschild stuff, etc. that people talk about um, because we stick to the facts, right? And we, we're always looking for the actual truth. Um, but anyway, so that, that's not the point. She, know, she knows all that. She is really hurting in terms of how badly this has gone. Right? And the question that everyone wants to know is why did you 
claim to be sticking up for the, the little guy and start this ambush over something so mindless that's caused all this trouble, mm. right? And she won't hold, she will not answer that question. But it's going to be asked by a lot more people than me now. Mm, yeah, so the Labor Party are trying to change their stripes at the last minute and Scott Morrison is perhaps no longer, much longer for this political world. But we have to say goodbye to our Channel 31 viewers. Call in for more information and tune in again next week and we'll keep going just for those other viewers watching on YouTube uh, because we wanted to also point out that, of course, this hearing would never have even taken place had it not been for the role that we played yep. uh, in bringing this to the fore and the mm. entire uh, agenda that's now being exposed in terms of this privatisation uh, is being revealed because something like this just didn't slip under the radar as it always does and usually, you know, often does. And we're not highlighting this because we want the political glory because, I mean, we, we genuinely don't care. We didn't last 32 years in the political wilderness in Australia because we thrived on political glory. It was always about truth. But now the truth is that people have to understand is you can change things. Mm. Right, And so you regular viewers that have tuned in every week and watched this show and got the updates, etc., you know the truth. You saw it here, right? You saw us uniquely digging into this and we just kept fighting for the truth. And as we got the truth out, more people realised, oh, that's the truth. And it became an issue and then the, the better politicians jumped straight away. We, get, we got the inquiry and now the whole story yeah. is out. It's a fixed battle, sorry, but um, so it's not over, yeah. but the whole story's out. And the fact that someone like Christine Holgate was prepared to have the guts to fight yeah. this, where most people would have run off with their tail between their legs long ago, you know, that, that is what made it possible. Christine, reckon, Christine uh, pays tribute, as do I, to the licensed post office group and Angela Cramp, right? Because these are everyday, hardworking Australians who have just suffered so much at the hands of of politicised incompetent management of Australia Post. They had three years of a good leader. And then, as Angela said in that interview, but not the part we played, they're not going to let it go. Mm. And she, this woman has a spine of steel, Angela Cramp. I've loved getting to know her. Um, and we, it's, the, it's her, and, and on behalf of the LPOs, that we got to see the bigger picture. Mm. It's, it's Christine Holgate's position, as I understand it, it's not that she wants to return to Australia Post. She wants what the LPOs want because that's who she feels obligated to and responsible for mm. and that's why she should return to Australia Post. Yeah. We need to... Here's, here's what has to happen, Elisa. Um, uh, the, there will not be justice here until she's returned, but it's, bigger, it's, it's actually a bigger picture than that. Everyone has to acknowledge that this episode has shown just how badly Australia Post is managed and how corruptly the government deals with this kind of stuff, right? That cannot happen anymore. We are the stakeholders in Australia Post as the Australian people, right? We have to demand the whole thing be cleared out. And that means we've got to replace the board. They've got to go. They're politicised hacks. Definitely get rid of the chairman. He's absolutely got to go. You've got to have a whole new board with properly qualified people on the board. Two of the board members must represent an LPO. One must be an LPO and one must be from the staff, right? The staff and the LPOs are the two biggest immediate stakeholders in Australia Post. They must be represented on the board and Christine Holgate must be reinstated to continue the good work that she did. And the only other thing that we in the Citizens Party would add emphatically is then Australia Post must also become a public postal mm. people's bank, yep. right? Then they, then they won't need this ongoing deal with the banks. They'll still happily do it if they want, but they won't need that. They can serve Australia 
uh, Australia's um, financial services at a retail level uh, in their own right, that'll secure their viability forever going forward and make sure we, we, we maintain the, the important postal service. Yep. So ignore the little stunt on Monday where they named a new CEO. Ah. Ignore it altogether. Call your MP to reinstate Holgate. That's what they must do. And feel free to bully Scott Morrison at the same time. Yes. And give him a bit of pushing. Absolutely. Call him up. Give him, give him a serve. Um, and then also we'll have the link below. So click on the petition, sign and share it and share the hell out of it, please. Yeah, yep. And he'll get those messages straight into his inbox. So that's all we've got time for. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week. Mm -hmm.